Galatians 3. Our focus today is going to be verses 5 through 9. But I want to read, just for context's sake, starting at verse 1. Galatians chapter 3, starting at verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ is being evidently set forth, crucified among you? This only what I learned of you. Receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? Are ye so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Having suffered so many things in vain, if yet it be in vain. He therefore that ministereth to you, Spirit, and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In me all the nations of the earth be blessed. So then they, which be of faith, are blessed with faithful Abraham. As we have now read these verses for context sake, the lead up to this passage under examination today. Let us briefly set the stage. The Apostle Paul is concerned about the great danger that Judaizing heresy is posing to the church in Galatia, or the churches, or the several churches in this region, region that were affected by this false teaching. It posed a great danger to the congregation. He was so concerned, in fact, that he recognizes the spiritual condition of these churches. The problem was not with that of natural rebellion, but of a spiritual deception. He says in verse 1, of Galatians, who have bewitched you. It was a spiritual condition that the churches in Galatia were under, who were believing this false teaching by the Judaizers. The Galatian church had fallen away from the pure and simple gospel of faith and repentance toward Jesus Christ. To turn back to the works of the law, as we had spoke about the last one, they had begun, they had begun to trust all sorts of things other than Christ alone for their salvation. They began to, tr began to trust, first and foremost, circumcision. Making a mark in the flesh that would identify them as the people of God. Paul utility of searching idea. He says, Are you so foolish? Having begun by the spirit, will you now be made perfect by the flesh? Now to be sure, in view here is this. This marking the flesh, this circumcision, but also in view is the foolishness of trusting human effort 
for salvation. Right. And that's what we talked about the last time in Revelation. We talked about the failure of the arm of flesh. The failure of our flesh to satisfy the law of God. The failure of our flesh to do anything in and of itself righteous that will please God. Because what pleases God is faith. Right. Right. The faith that would trust the works of the law for righteousness. It is not the fact that the law is bad, but the bankruptcy of the view is that they justification in the own works that they do. And it rejects the work of God in sanctification. And it rejects the righteousness of Christ in justification. Right. This view that just by making a cut in my flesh, I can become a child of God rejects the way that God has set up for you to become a child of God. Right. Right. John John 1, 12, and 13, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, let me just go there and read it because I'm wrong. Why should we buy one of these? You just took it the other way around. I can remember what it says and not where it is today. I guess. Where it is, not what it says. No, it says, just turn there real quick to John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. So that I don't want to miss the speech and get everybody confused. But as many of the sheep do, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even them which believe on his name, which were not born, which were born, not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. This is justification by grace through faith. Not of the will of the flesh, not, nor of the will of man, but of God. He gave them power to become children of God. This will become very important when we talk later about Abraham's children. Who are the children of Abraham? That is my title today. That is the scope of these few verses here in Galatians chapter 3. Who are the children of Abraham? And how is it that one becomes a child of Abraham? Or to say it another way, how is it that one becomes a child of God? that rejects Christ for justification and the outlook that turns to the works of the flesh for justification says in no uncertain terms, I don't need God to make me perfect. I don't need the righteousness of Christ credited to me. I can do it all on my own. It rejects God and it tramples underfoot the blood of his son shed for you. Works righteousness is the work of the flesh. And it flies in the face of 
the thankful attitude that we ought to have as Christians for Christ's redemption. It flies in the face of grace God has given us in Christ. Isn't that what it says in John chapter 1? Grace upon grace through Jesus Christ. Trusting the flesh for salvation or sanctification flies in the face of that grace. To trust circumcision or any other work of your flesh and your righteousness before God is to disbelieve the promises of God that it would be by faith that He would justify the heathen, as it says, through faith. Therefore, trusting the flesh, trusting the works of the flesh, is antithetical to grace and are not received as were by faith. But if they were pursuing righteousness by another way than Christ, that is an error that leads only to condemnation. John chapter 3. Turn back with me to John chapter 3. Verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light came into the world, and that men love darkness rather than light. Because the deeds were evil. You see, the condemnation falls upon those who have what? Not those who have not been circumcised. But the condemnation falls upon those who have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the problem of the Judaizers. They professed Jesus with their mouth, but their heart was far from them. Turning to verse chapter 5. He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? This is a rhetorical question. It should be an obvious answer to anybody who has read the verses leading up to this what the answer to that question is. Now, it's a little confusing, or I suppose it can be a little confusing what it means by he that ministers to you the Spirit, doeth he it by the works of the law. But this is actually really simple. Who is it that ministers to you, or I think the ESV says, supplies to you the Spirit? It is God. How does faith? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It is not by the works of the law, it is by faith. The hearing of faith. So when he asked this question, does he do with he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? 
The answer to that rhetorical question is the hearing of faith. Nobody in their right mind would say, oh, the works of the law. Except the Judaizers were trusting them. Now, they would not have come out and said that we are pursuing uh, works. We are, we are pursuing that we're by works. And be like, well, but we have faith in Christ, but we need this other thing. Right, right. It, it wasn't that they were that they were not professing Christ, but that their actions and their beliefs were not consistent with what they professed. Right. As they professed faith in Christ, they pursued righteousness as well as pursuing the law. Yeah. And this is what Paul is seeking to correct. He tells verse 6. To drive Paul amongst Abraham to the Judaizers and all Jews would recognize him as the father of their faith, the one to whom circumcision was given. He says, even if Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Paul points to Abraham. To whom the Judaizers would recognize as the father of the faith. Abraham was the father of the Jewish people according to the flesh. The one who would receive the covenantal sign of circumcision. The circumcision of the flesh. We see that in chapter 17, Genesis chapter 17. Starting in verse 10, God made his covenant with Abraham, and he declared circumcision to be the seal of the covenant, and considered uncircumcision to be the breaking of God's covenant with Abraham. What was missed by the Judaizers, apparently, and seemingly by Christians today, what is missed is that when he quotes and he says, Abraham believed God and was counted to him for righteousness. When was that? When was that said? That's a quote directly taken from the Old Testament. Right, and it was well before he right. got circumcised. Yeah, well before he got circumcised. Yeah. So circumcision is given to Abraham in chapter seventeen of Genesis. Right. But when he says Abraham believed God and was counted to him for righteousness. He is quoting not from 18 or 19, he is quoting from Genesis 15, verse 6. Right. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. So before circumcision was ever imposed or ever instituted as a covenant sign and seal, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him then for righteousness. So many Christians seem to miss this that the covenant that God was declaring Abraham righteous before the covenant of circumcision was made. You see, he does not point to Abraham. Paul does not point to Abraham here and say, see, Abraham was the first person to get circumcised. That's what made him righteous. That's what made him righteous. That's what the Judaizers would say. Well, he was righteous because he kept God's covenant. He 
got circumcised, he had a powerful circumcised. But Paul takes it to the faith of Abraham and says, even as Abraham believed God, it was counted to him for righteousness. So keep on working your back pocket because it's going to become very important as we continue to we continue through this text and we continue to unpack what Paul is saying here to Galatians. And I'm going to try not to keep you in here forever. I know that everything's running a little behind. Well, bear with me just for a moment. For a moment. Just keep that in your back pocket and let's just examine something real quick for me. I think it's important that before we move on to this point, as it will set the tone and the tenor for what we mean when we talk about justification by faith alone, what does that mean? So that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. You see, there is a common misconception in our modern day that faith, that justifying faith is just an assent to certain mental facts about what the Bible says about God or about Christ or about salvation. And that is how salvation comes. The problem with that is that Abraham didn't have any of that information. That's right. So he because a lot of times we ask people, well, what is the gospel? You know, what what do I, you know, what must I believe to be saying? They would just say, oh well. First Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. We believe that according to the scriptures that he was crucified, buried, resurrected on the third day, and he was ended. And that's what that's that's all you got to believe. You believe that, you're a Christian. The problem with that is, and the connection that Paul is making here to Abraham, that is not the kind of faith that it's talking about. He didn't just have this mere mental assent to certain facts about God. Or about Christ, what did he have? This word, this that is translated believed, can also be translated for faith. It can also be translated as faith. It's a pithion in the Greek, and it means a trust or a reliance upon Abraham. Relied on God. Abraham trusted God. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. He had this trust on God. It's not the fact that he merely had a faith belief in God, but he trusted in God. So when we say that we are justified by faith alone, it is not antithetical then to say that from faith comes obedience. Abraham obeyed God. He absolutely did. That's not what justified him, but he obeyed God because he trusted God. He believed God. That becomes really important when Paul says, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. To say it another way, I believe it's faithful to Paul's intention here to say that those that share the faith of Abraham, those who have the same kind of faith in God that Abraham has, it is they that are the children of Abraham. Those that trust God, those 
that believe God, that believe his promises. The gospel was a promise to the Old Testament saints long before it was ever a reality. Long before God sent his son in the form of sinful flesh. Long before Jesus Christ came into this world to be offered up to the sins of his people. The gospel had been preached. The gospel had been proclaimed. And Abraham trusted it. It is not antithetical to say that obedience comes from faith. But our faith, our trust in God is a solid ground for our obedience. We can be obedient because we trust that God can be faithful to the promises that he made to us. Amen. And this is why Abraham, and certainly that doesn't mean that Abraham kept every every jump toe of the law. He didn't. If he had, Christ would have had no need to come. But he believed God, nonetheless, to obey. Now, we know by reading the accounts of Abraham, he didn't always obey perfectly. Right. He did a lot of things that he shouldn't have. Yeah. He distrusted the promises of God at times. Even though it says that he trusted God here, and it was counted to him for righteousness, which means that his faith was pleasing to God. But how many times? Look, he laughed hysterically when God told him that Sarah was going to give birth to a child. Right. right. He said, how shall Sarah laughed. Well, they both laughed. They both laughed. They one, both, chapter, one, chapter, one chapter apart. Yeah, they both distrusted the promises of God. Abraham distrusted the promises of God, but his faith was still a credit to the righteousness. Because what he did believe, he said, this sounds crazy to me, but God, if you said it, then surely you can perform it. Right, right. So it's not the merely vague idea of what scripture says and okay we believe that that's true it's a trust or a reliance upon God that Abraham had that the children that if we are going to be counted as children of Abraham or children of God we are going to have this same trust you guys remember the old Sunday school too when we were talking about the poor church. Father Abraham had many sons. Uh -huh. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. Yeah. We who are of faith, know you that we the babies are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Amen. You see this can get Harry, we try to identify who the children of Abraham are because there are still some out there that want to be the children of Abraham by their flesh. There are so many different groups of called called Israelites or the true Jews or whatever that would say, well, I can trace my ancestry back to Abraham. So I am a child of God. I am a covenant of God because I am a child of Abraham. And this verse, verse 7 of Galatians chapter 3, is Paul saying, No, those who are of 
make the same are the children of Abraham. Do you remember last week when I, uh, last Sunday night, I believe that was, I preached from John chapter 8. I just want to turn that real quick and read John chapter 8. Jesus had an encounter with Jews that said, it even said in the passage, the Jews that believed on him. And he had this conversation with them. John 8. John chapter 8. Starting with verse 31. Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him and said, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou you shall be made free? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. You got the universe from last Sunday night. Yes. Uh, if the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Who is it that sets men free? It's not a Son. It is Jesus who sets men free. And this is very important to our context today. He says, I know that ye are Abraham's seed. He's recognizing you guys are the physical descendants of Abraham. This much is true. But... You seek to kill me because my word hath no place in me. I speak that which I have heard and have seen with my father, and you do that which ye have seen with your father. Then they answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. What did Abraham do? Believe. Abraham believed God and was counted him for righteousness. It is very plain that these Jews, which even it's, a, it's kind of confusing because they believed on him, but they didn't believe him. Right. Right. They didn't believe him. They didn't trust him. If you were Abraham's children, Jesus tells the Jews, you would do the works of Abraham, but now you say, kill me. A man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God, this did not Abraham. To say it another way, you're not, Jesus is saying, you're not Abraham's children. If you were Abraham's children, you'd do what your father did, and this ain't it. You are not believing me. You are not believing the promises. You're seeking to kill me because I told you the truth that I've heard from my father. So then, it is not the children of the flesh that are children of Abraham, but those, verse 7 of Galatians chapter 3, for our faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Moving on to verse 8. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In me all the nations of the earth be blessed. Now, 
we do have stuff right here and ask this question what is we because as Christians we know what the gospel of Jesus Christ is, right? He came the you know God sent the son Romans 8 3 in the likeness of sinful flesh to do what the flesh was too weak to do and redeem us from our sin. We know the gospel. So how is it then that Paul says the gospel was preached before to Abraham in in the same in the all the nations of the earth be blessed. This is what this is what Paul is saying here. This when he said that to God, when or when God said this to Abraham, he was preaching the gospel to Abraham. In me, all the nations of the earth be blessed. Right. How is this the gospel? That's the question I think we need to answer is. How was the promise that God made to Abraham? We know it was good news, a blessing from God, but how is what God said to Abraham in me, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed? How is that the gospel? So that's what he said. It's the gospel. Not just good news, it is the gospel. It is because that promise is fulfilled in Christ Jesus. Psalm 2 8, right? The Father speaking prophetically unto the Son says, Ask of me, and I will give unto you the inheritance of nations. The ends of the earth will be your inheritance. Jesus came for the nations. The fulfillment of the promise that God made to Abraham was fulfilled in the gospel of Jesus Christ. What, what Psalm is that? Psalm 2 verse 8. Jesus asks for the nations. Jesus gets the nations. Amen. The church was commanded to go to the nations. That's right. That's right. This promise that was made to Abraham was the gospel. In the NIC all oh, the nations of the earth should be blessed. We'll find out next time that we are in Galatians chapter 3 that that seed is Jesus Christ the Lord. That's what Paul tells us. That is the gospel. As a matter of fact, I will read to you right now. It says, Now to Abraham and his seed, this is verse 16 of Galatians chapter 3, where the promises made. He faith not and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, to thy seed, which is Christ. Right. Right. So when Paul, when God made his promise to Abraham, he was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to Abraham. In thee, in thy seed, all nations of the earth to be blessed. Jesus came for the nations. The church is commanded, therefore, because of the authority of Christ, it, that's, that's what Jesus calls on when he gives the great commission. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, which means because of what I just said, because Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth, the church is commanded 
to go to the nation to go and get the nation because the nation belonged to him. And that was the gospel before Christ ever came to this. God had this plan all along. Lord Jesus Christ was not a secondary plan. But this was the gospel from before all time. In me, in my seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. So with this, in conclusion, Paul concludes here so I <laughs> Paul concludes here so I will. So I will. He says, so then, because of everything we've read, that, that so then, that's the same thing as the Pharisees. So then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. If you are of faith, if you have faith in Jesus Christ, the promise is for you. The nations belong to Christ. Huh? So what you just read is Galatians 3 9. Galatians 3 9. The nations belong to Christ. We have been given the command to go and get the nation. That's right. That's right. And we, in Christ, are blessed with faithful Abraham. Amen. This is the fulfillment of all of God's promises. All of God's promises are what? In yes, Christ. Amen. Yes, and amen. In Christ. Let this stir you up to faithfulness, to go forth and to get the nation, to go forth and to preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. Because in doing this, Christ has gave me his pride for which he died. The inheritance of nations. That by faith, we are the sons of Abraham. And we will talk before we conclude out this chapter. If if we men be Christ, would they bring really seed and hear?
short myself my not perfect thing because I think I'll remember in my notes. Galatians 3.29. If any man be in Christ, then is the Abraham seed and heirs according to the promise. But the promise was made to the seed. So how do we become heirs according to that promise? We are united to the We are united to Jesus Christ by faith. And this is the message, the wonderful message, the good news of the gospel that we have to take in it. Let us pray. Grace of Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that in all things you are sufficient for us. Father, I pray that as I have preached, Father, I pray that all else will be forgotten except Christ and him crucified. This is the message that we take to the nations. Father, we pray that if we do so, that you will bless our efforts. Father, we pray that as we do so, that we will win the nations to you, teaching every man the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they may truly believe and be sons of God by faith in you. Lord, we thank you for this simple yet marvelous truth. Lord, we thank you foremost for redemption and salvation in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask that you Forgive us our sins and empower us and enable us to go forth and to proclaim the good news this week. I pray your blessings upon the food as we have it and the fellowship as we partake of that. Father, I just pray your blessing upon all those who go forth in this week. Father, I just pray that you would be with us and help us follow our journey. In Jesus' name, amen.